What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the CS Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, CS Joseph. This is Season 14, Part 4, Episode 6. What is the relationship between the uh, ESFP and INTJ? Two wayfarers, two pirates, the duelist versus the ranger. Two pirates. And oh yeah, make no mistake, these two are pirates. They're all about treasure, gathering up for themselves treasure and then figuring out who to share it with. If you want to learn more about their quadra, Wayfarers, recommend you head on over to the playlist Season 17 and watch that content. What's really good about our content on this uh, channel and on the podcast is that all of the content is basically evergreen which means there's no such thing as the content getting outdated. Now, every now and then though, we will issue in a retraction as our research into Jungian analytical psychology increases or goes up. That is a thing. It does go up or uh, retractions do happen. They absolutely do happen. It is a thing, but it's rare. We actually issued a bunch recently because of Duggo. Shout out to Duggo and also to Uberzerker. And also Noxaturn. Uh, if, because I'm not entirely sure if Nox had a hand in that, but I think he may have. But uh, I just wanna give uh, thanks to my resident TI heroes for going out of their way to make sure that everything is being properly corroborated, correlative, and making sense. Dougal's done a great job, along with the rest of the team, to uh, put together and curate our wiki, which I believe is wiki.ucha.app or ucha.app forward slash wiki. Ucha is spelled U-D-J-A. So, and I believe it's like a, the Egyptian hieroglyph for uh, prosperity or happiness in life. Which is ultimately what we're trying to do in the ego hacker community. We're literally here to improve your life. And one of the ways that I'm gonna be improving your life today is so that you can avoid this bullshit camaraderie-based relationship in terms of the sexual relationship. This is a polar opposite relationship. You should avoid it at all costs. Absolutely avoid it at all costs. But a lot of times, people don't. One of the reasons why people get in these relationships, for example, uh, arranged marriage, being in a cult, or uh, subscribing to some kind of organized religion, basically. And if they start out really young and they are both virgins, they could end up in a camaraderie-based relationship with absolute lowest emotional compatibility and sexual compatibility because that's what these relationships do. And they consistently softlock each other into their other sides of their mind. Most notably, ESFP and INTJ, that extroverted feeling critic, 
is oftentimes looking for introverted feeling parent. So at times you force each other into you know, their subconscious or they can force each other into their super ego basically. But it's very uh, right side of the four sides of the mind, very subconscious and super ego. And as a result, these relationships are entirely unsustainable, but people still get into them. And I did have the honor of being in one recently. But the thing is, though, is that these relationships just ultimately are unsustainable in the long term. This is uh, an extremely, I guess, not even a short term relationship. These camaraderie, very high camaraderie relationships are literally only sustainable if one of the persons is drunk. Because that's the only way they can even have a sexual relationship. Because alcohol forces cognitive transition into a different side of the mind. And literally basing your sexual relationship entirely on alcohol is an extremely unwise situation. You know, humanity throughout history probably would only drink alcohol in the wintertime. And then otherwise, because, you know, alcohol reduces the metabolism. And then by doing so, they gain body fat. And alcohol is fermented after the harvest that's gathered at the beginning of fall, basically at the end of summer, beginning of fall. And then they ferment the leftovers and then they drink alcohol during the winter, which helps them pack on body fat to help them survive the winter. And they wouldn't really drink very much throughout the rest of the year. And that can be a problem. That'd be a serious problem. Because how is it you could sustain a sexual relationship between an ESFP and an INTJ without having some kind of depressant? Because otherwise it's having two painters in the room trying to paint each other. They're trying to harvest reactions from the other person. You know, the previous episode we did was ESFJ INTP. They don't even care about reactions. They just don't. But... These two types really care about how the other person reacts to them in the bedroom. And when they see that the other person is not reacting, they're going to feel like a failure in the bedroom, which is going to lead to some huge emotional trauma that should be avoided. should be avoided entirely. Not only that, these types will compete with each other in terms of reputation, Not like that uh, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper uh, movie that came out a year or two ago. These two, uh, these two uh, musicians or whatever, one gets real popular and the other one gets real popular. It leads to the depression of the other, basically. Because these two types are expert thinkers. They care much about their status and their reputation. And they literally end up having to compete all the time. 
competing for spotlight was what these two types would do to each other, which would also destroy each other emotionally or otherwise, which is really sad. But it happens. It happens over and over. And oftentimes, people don't even understand the consequences of being in these kinds of relationships. They have no clue. They have no clue that's just going to blow up in their face over and over and over. So, so yeah, that would, that would really suck. So, yeah, it does suck. So what are they to do? Well, not be in the relationship to begin with. That's what they should do. They're both concerned with their own performance. They're both concerned with their own values and how they feel. They're trying to get the other person to adopt their values. They're trying to perform for the other person, but then they don't get the reaction they're looking for from the other person. It just ends up blowing up in their face entirely. Blows up in their face. Boom. Which is really sad and ultimately a huge problem. Something to be aware of. It's always something to be aware of. We already talked about reputation and how they are consistently competing with each other to see, okay, who's got the better reputation, etc. But at the same time, it's like, okay, great. What's that going to do to one's personal freedom? They're both NI users. It's all about their freedom of choice, right? They're both heart temple, God function of personal freedom. They're always going to see the other person's personal freedom, ultimately, as a threat to the other. I actually had the honor of speaking to an INTJ recently who is in a marriage with an ESFP. And I was like, oh my God. I hope they're okay. I hope they end up okay. But, you know, people just got to understand that nature eventually will lead to the decay of the relationship over time. It is not sustainable. I mean, I understand why people get into these relationships. They're both in the same temple. They both care about personal freedom. They care about the same things. The thing is, the things that they care about, they're not trying to give to each other. They're trying to take from each other. and they're trying to receive that from each other. Instead of the compatible relationships between a man and a woman, where these relationships, they're trying to give to each other. And then they're able to receive, and the roles make perfect sense with how the roles actually are set up to that end. So that ends up becoming a huge, huge problem. And they're both pragmatic, they're both willing to break the rules, but the ESFP is looking for the INTJ to be more affiliative, which would make the INTJ probably be soft-locked into becoming UDUF over time, or at least unconscious-focused, if they are subconscious-developed. And that would really, really suck, because the INTJ would be expected to be more affiliative for the sake of the ESFP, because the ESFP's NI inferior and SE hero would be very overpowering to the INTJ. And it doesn't matter where their gender is at. It ends up becoming like just 
an absolute bullshit situation. No sexual fulfillment and no emotional fulfillment. And just it literally results in psychological damage. Definitely not something to go for. But hey, you know, colloquially, people think duality relationships, ESFP, INTJ, is the absolute best for each other. But it's really not. These are the relationships of competition, which is fine in a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder relationship. It's very fine. I mean, it's fine for them, right? But again, it's not sustainable. Not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. So, little disclaimer. I've noticed that people who assume that they're in these colloquial duality relationships, because, you know, the actual duality, according to socionics, is the natural pair. But a lot of people don't understand how socionics works which is where this duality theory originated from, that you know P's and J's are a little bit different. So if you actually are paying attention to true socionics, you'll see that the natural pair is probably a bit the best relationship, or the golden pair is, depending on the situation, depending on your octogram, what your nurture is. But at the end of the day, most people don't really understand that difference. So I call this colloquial duality, ESFP, INTJ from the perspective of the MBTI. These relationships really are supposed to be for learning and sharpening each other and being very shoulder to shoulder and tackling a problem and solving it. And then they both gain from that. But it's not face to face. It is not a loving relationship. It is a relationship based on competition. And I highly recommend you avoid it. But just understand the people are just bad at typing, very bad at typing. And because they're bad at typing, they get to this point. They get to this point in their life while being bad at typing ultimately that they assume that they're actually in an ESFP INTJ relationship and then they actually break up. But one of the persons involved is definitely mistyped. And if that's the case, then that could mean that they're actually in a golden pair or a natural pair and they throw away their relationship for nothing because they watched one of C.S. Joseph's videos and they end up destroying their relationship because of their own hubris or their own arrogance or their own self-belief that they actually are capable at typing. And it's so funny to me how INTJs especially assume that they're so good at typing when in my experience, INTJs are the absolute worst at typing of all of the 16 types because they rely on a system of qualification instead of a system of deduction. They like to say, oh, well, if they're this trait and they're this trait and this trait, add them all up together, they equal this type. When the reality is the INTJ needs to humble themselves and realize that, okay, everybody is every trait. Let's just subtract the traits that they are less of and then see that what the remainder is. That is a process of logical deduction which increases one's accuracy in typing. But then it's the INTJ who thinks that they're so good at typing, they're usually the one that would initiate a breakup with the other person, only to find out they themselves were mistyped, or the other person was mistyped, 
only for them to find out that it really was a golden pair or it really was a natural pair, a uh, sexual relationship worth keeping, basically, and that the grass would not have been greener elsewhere. But they oftentimes get caught in that trap. So that's why I'm trying to make sure that you folks realize that risk and be careful, be very careful to that end. So anyway, folks, that's it for this episode. Thanks for watching and listening. Like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.